Okay, so I've got three stories, basically. Oh, you're a regular townhouse. Yes, ooh. Podcast all about video games and crafty. I'm Ben, and I'm here with Adol. Oh, hey, me? Hey, it's uh, it's been a while. It has, it has. How you doing? Uh, I, I'm I'm doing uh, pretty good. Been been off in um, the Great White North. Uh, a couple days at a wedding in Nova Scotia, and then the, over a week in Newfoundland, where the rest of the Western world seemed to be having a heat wave of monumental proportions, with uh, temperatures hitting 45 degrees centigrade in, in Ontario, um, oh, in the 30, high 30s in most of Canada, and um, it was uh, rainy in 17-ish <laughs> in Newfoundland. It's uh, not too cold. Yeah, that was, yeah, it wasn't terrible. It was actually quite good. Um, hiked up a mountain. Uh, left bag uh, on the uh, route down, which was marked by <laughs> stacked stones, as one does in unmarked un- unmarked hiking. I uh, thought we were just going over the uh, the ridge um, for a bit, uh, so uh, Catherine's like, "Oh no, don't worry about it. Don't don't no, don't worry about grabbing the bag." And then we wandered about and lost it for an hour. Um, and uh, on the grueling hike down, uh, Catherine managed to turn her ankle um, Ooh, right before no. we, right after we lost the um, bag. And then uh, my brand new hiking boots were a little too tight. And mm. on the way down, uh, slash the sort of running around at the top of a mountain, like at the, it's called the Tablelands. So it's quite a steep climb up, and then it's just literally flat on the okay. top, which was. Really cool. A plateau, right? Yeah, a plateau. I mean, there's still ridges and stuff, so you couldn't actually. It was a little. It was less flat than you would think. Okay. Hence the loss of the bag at the top. Um, But the hour of running around, mostly trying to like not let like, you don't. You've turned your ankle. You shouldn't be looking for this thing. But that means I have to look. Yeah. (laughs) Twice as much. Yeah, and uh, and I ended up just consistently. putting my toe or the front of my boot into rocks and stuff like you know just just bounding a little too force vociferously for brand new shoes and it turns out i disconnected my big toenail from my toe in all but one <laughs> part of one side and the bottom and then uh yeah had to get go to the um the outpatient clinic the next day because Catherine didn't have the tools because her only solution with the tools she had was basically um, to pry, to pry, and then slowly whittle it down with clippers. Oh. Yeah, I was like, okay. no, nope, this hurts yep. too okay. much. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, well, if we go to the outpatient clinic, they'll give you what's called a ring block, which basically deadens the nerve at the bottom base of the digit, and then you won't feel it or anything for a couple hours. And then the doc instead was like, "What oh, does this hurt?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Oh, okay." And then he said something else, and I was like, "What?" And then he just pried it open, and just oh, left it, and then brutal. cut it with scissors. With uh, yeah, it was fine. But now I have uh, no big toenail, and for a few for the rest of the trip, I had to, we had to like dress it and like mm. make sure like get a big shoe. Yeah, and it was just it was it became a whole, whole ordeal. Anyway, um, <laughs> that that was my lack of a heat wave trip. Um, I didn't play any many video games, but I did play a little uh, 
a few hours of something or other, um, which we can get onto. But first, nice beers, maybe. Yes, definitely beers. What are you What are you cracking into first? I think I will start with the tiny rebel framboozy, the raspberry sour framboise, which is an interesting thing because um, it seems like the label is it's, it's very Canadian because it's a raspberry sour or a sour framboise, which is very bilingual. But a raspberry yep. sour framboise is traversing linguistic barriers within the subtitle, which is very odd. Yes, that's very true. Yeah, yeah, okay. But it's like, sort of, I, I, well, I, I, you know, I don't know whether it's a, a, a UK thing. It was a very American thing to kind of merge words and then use words from different languages in kind of one sentence to almost appear as if you're speaking well, that language. It's 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 like I said, it's very Canadian where we usually just see the title in English and then the title French because everything officially yeah. has to be bilingual. But I mean, titles usually not, but labels. So mm. it's called the Frambuzi. Cool. And then its label should be Raspberry Sour, but it's Raspberry Sour Framboise. So it's like, oh, it's like they wrote, they just didn't <laughs> want to waste the like tin ink on saying yeah. sour twice by saying Raspberry Sour and then Sour Framboise. So they're just like, nah, sling it together. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice, man. Um, I am going to start with one of the Northern Powerhouse Brew Series beers. Dun, dun, dun. Um, so anyone who hasn't had any of these yet or hasn't heard about them, uh, Wylam have done eight beers with lots of other brewers from the north of the country. Um, people like uh, Northern Monk, Thornbridge. The beer I'm having tonight is number six. It's a, a double dry-hopped pale ale. Uh, it has some ingredients. There's no flavour text. Very, very nice can. Uh, I, I enjoy this in a statement. Art style. It well, has some ingredients. It, ingredient. it is not it an empty tin. It has an ingredient. Um, the hops are Citra BBC, Chinook BBC, and Amarillo. The ingredients are water, barley, wheat, oats, hops, yeast. So it doesn't give a huge amount of information on everything that's in there. Just the hops, really. Uh, and it's 5%. Pretty good. Um, mine is 4.3. That is... A little bit. A light beer, perhaps. Yeah. Um, did, I say who this, did I say who this collaboration was with? I can't remember. No, uh, I, I, I definitely said it in my mind. Um, so this is uh, so it's from Wylam, but uh, this one is from Hawkshead. Hmm. Excellent. And uh, while you pour that, I will just say there's almost no head in mind, but it's... It looks like a juice bomb. I mean, it's it's sort of ambery red. Uh, it's clearly been um, the the raspberry is clearly present, not just at some sort of esoteric stage of the beer beer making, but was added later. Um, and I will take a sip. Ooh, that's an eye opener. I seem to remember it being quite sharp. Yeah, doesn't linger though. I mean, mm. it's clearly sour and raspberry. I mean, that's all you're getting from it. Not. <laughs> I will say this: it's it's like a it's like a sharp, like you said, sharp, not shocking. So it's not like in your face. It doesn't linger too long. It's not. It's not like a holy fuck. I can't like think it. It's but it's like oh wow, it's there. It just it, it makes its presence known and it fades reasonably quickly. There's yeah. a slight raspberry aftertaste, kind of like uh, like a, a slightly watered down squash lingering mm. sort of taste recipe squash okay. and then right at the end of that you're like oh there's beer 
there's a sort of a, a little bit of a nutty, beery um, taste <laughs> afterwards. But like up until that point, could easily say no beer. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that would be such a good segue into our into our topic. But I need to talk about my beer first. Um, so the Wylam Hawkshead um, Northern Powerhouse Brew Series number six, double dry hopped parallel. Get the citra instantly on the nose. I mean, I don't know if anything else is is coming through on the nose really, but it's very light in color, super light in color. Um, it, oh yeah, it's, it's quite like goldeny straw. Yeah, yeah. Quite uh, opaque though. Really opaque, super opaque. Uh, I mean, in the light, you're getting those slightly yellower kind of hues. Um, close to something like uh, you know the the tone and the look of a, a verdant or a daya or a cloud water something uh you know along those kind of lines flavor wise mm, that's good oh fuck me that's good oh that's a nice beer oh dear this is gonna go down so so quickly only at five percent it's it's got a little um little nuttiness to it it's it's not super nutty but it's kind of being pulled back just a little bit, maybe by the malts, giving it a slight sweetness. Hmm. Not a not a huge amount, but something in there. It's nutty. It's a little bit biscuity. In terms of mouthfeel, it's it is almost kind of what you would think the the the, the look would give you as well. You know, if you were someone who drank a lot of beers and knew kind of what cloud water and verdant and those right, kind of yeah. uh, you know those kind of beers. Uh, look and kind of feel like it's maybe not quite as viscous as something like a verdant it's not quite as um as thick as that but it's it's by no means sort of like watery there is a there is a, a heft there is some body to it mm. um and as i say that that nuttiness gives way nicely to a slight biscuity sweetness as well that lingers a little not too much you know i've i've, I've not supped for 20 seconds something like that and i've still got that on my palate that that is still there every time i mm. just so I, taste it, it it's lingering which is nice yeah the raspberryness is lingering in a very light again like 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 you would imagine sort of a not full force squash sort of sitting on the back of your tongue raspberry yeah. taste again not a lot of the beer really showed up or stuck stuck around um, but uh, you mentioned mouthfeel, and again, I'm going to say that this this very liquidy. Um, it definitely doesn't coat the tongue. I mean, it, it, okay. it really sort of um, could easily not be beer. Like there's mm. again those markers are just not there. Um, and I don't want people to misunderstand. I am enjoying this. I wish it wasn't a rainy day after such a slew of um, hot days because perfect when you're just like in the park yeah. or on a patio and it's refreshing and that sharpness would be it's it's a nice i had it nice and cold as well it goes really well i'm um, not quite great as good for a late evening after a meh day um enjoyable but um uh not to put a verdict right away uh, but uh, <laughs> if you're looking for a beer taste 
this is not probably the right alley to go down. Okay, but okay. I, I think uh, at the end of this, I'll, I'll let you know how I think of it as generally as a as an, a tasty beverage. We'll see. Sure, sure. I mean, talking about the the weather. Yes, we've we've had a day today which has been a little cooler, a little wetter than the last sort of two or three weeks. And I actually had a beer in the fridge ready to go for this evening, um, or earmarked to 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 go for this evening, and decided against it. Uh, which was a lager, only a four percent lager mm. from Two Ol, uh, but I decided against it because it's not quite as warm. It's a, it's a little cooler, it's not, you know. It's still the yeah. summer. It's still a little bit sort of a little bit close, a little bit muggy. So uh, I think that's you know that the four percent from from Two Ol is kind of an, a good afternoon yeah. beer. So I think I'll save that one. I mean. As regular listeners uh, know, neither of us really reach out for the lager very often, but the cold lager on a hot day is something I think we both value as a refreshing drink. Very much. I just, yeah, today is just not that day. It's not. I've spent the last two weeks drinking. (laughs) um, Not the last two weeks drinking. the, The beer of choice for the last two weeks, whilst it's been so hot and. We've had things like football on, you know, in the afternoons. Uh, we had people around at the weekend as well. I've been drinking a Pilsner, which is made for Audi, which oh, is wow. only about four and a half percent. It's ridiculously cheap. It's like three pound for a pack of four five hundred mil cans, but actually, it's not bad. It's it's a very easy drinking beer, which you get, um, you know, you get a little bit of the Pilsner. On there, uh, you could mistake it for something like a Bex. Uh, it okay. kind of kind of works its way towards that, but it's a little bit lighter, and it, it's it's just something that kind of you can neck, you know, ten of them. Right. I don't know whether it's just my prevalence for drinking higher percentage beers, you know, over the last few years, but at four and a half percent, just smashing these back. Right, uh, yeah. you know, very, very easily, and it's a nice beer. And sometimes, a hot day or a hot week calls yeah. for you know something else. You maybe don't want to be hitting those eight percents. You don't want to be hitting those stouts or those brown ales. You just want something light, something easy. And and again, with with beers like that, temperature tends to really impact sort of. Um, there's, I mean, uh, on mm. those sort of lighter tasting lagers. Um, cold really even if it's not cold just for the sake of refreshing but served cold they do to me at least taste taste better there seems to be more taste going on than yeah with ales you tend to have the inverse almost where like uh, warmer isn't so bad if you want to sort of sure. taste other things um so yeah i mean it makes with the wanting it cold wanting a cold beer because it's fucking hot out and mm. then also that the type of beer leaning itself to be better cold seems like a reasonable yes yeah very much very much uh, it definitely been governed this week by the weather just because it's so kind of uncharacteristically hot for an extended period of time i suppose yeah. uh, in the uk well in, in in the northern hemisphere really at the moment yeah uh climate change yeah it exists um it's called let's... seasons motherfucker <laughs> well oh. That's my child. Oh dear. I better go to her. We'll pause. Yep. yep. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna do things a little bit different this week. We're gonna talk about some games that we played because Adam, yeah. you've got a little bit of catching up to do. You know, not having been on for a um, for a couple of weeks, but 
there's been a lot of stuff going on, you know, right. within the the beer and the gaming worlds. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about each of those. Uh, I'm going to start off by asking you, Adol, first. Your your tiny rebel can. Yep. Does it look like it would appeal to you know to, <laughs> to children at all? Um. It's, well, I mean, it's it a subjective. That's very subjective, of course. Uh, I mean, I guess. I know where you're going with this. Um, yeah. My my, yeah, I mean, yeah, it is very colorful. It does mm-hmm. have a gun. It's got an Uzi shooting raspberry. Okay. Um, which I guess would appeal to children. All <laughs> um, oh, the GTA it, playing children. Yep. Yeah. It uh, it also has Fortnite. Come on now. Uh, what what's that one? Yeah. It also has their tiny rebel teddy bear, which I think was a uh-huh. big problem. Um. But I will say that eagle-eyed children in the womb will see that it is not good for pregnant women, according to this tiny little icon. So yes, it's clearly not for those children. Yes, I kind of yes. wish we were recording this on video after uh, my little <laughs> little my little show. Um, yeah, it's bright, it's colorful, like yep. almost every other can of things is, sure, especially sure. in um, unless yeah. I mean, there's two types of craft beer label. There's the crazy fun label and then there's like the minimalist super arty label um but anyway uh, yeah sure why not who cares yeah kid, kids would look at a can and say it's a cool can um <laughs> what's your point ben he says pretending what's like he my doesn't point? know well tiny rebel uh, uh, you know came up against the portman group didn't they for um, for their can art uh, and the possible the possible appeal to underage people not that you know a shopkeeper should be selling booze to kids or anything like that you know irrelevant of any of the context around anything of how you buy things no you know some can art may appeal to children so this this issue has come back up um and this time it's Brewdog who are on fucking whatever you call it what do you call it adol report Yes, on report. There we go. I don't know. Don't know where I was going with that. One. <laughs> um, so they um, had a couple of complaints made against the pink IPA, something we've talked about before. Ah, yes, Pippa. Yes, Pippa. Fucking hell, nice. Um, on their on their bottles, they had the phrase "beer for girls," and whilst this was obviously by them. A, you know, they were trying to highlight certain things, the gender pay gap and things like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I forgot about that. Sorry, yeah, I forgot yeah, that they, not they only was it that. not only was it just shitty misogynistic marketing, but it was also <laughs> under the guise of trying to be woke. Oh, bless their hearts! And by that I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, well, I, it, I, I I didn't actually read into this. I can see where this might be going, but please tell me more. Yes, it's come to bite them in the ass once again. Uh, because the Portman Group have decided, or they've ruled, basically, that because the definition of girl in the dictionary <laughs> is young female, or well, I can't Underage. remember exactly what it fucking says. I'm sure it says something ridiculous. Something they've like that. decided that you can't basically put girls and boys as well. They've decided boys as well. You can't put girls and boys oh, lads? on beers. Lads. Ooh, they didn't say anything about lads. Lasses. Yeah. I don't know, I didn't say anything about that either. Um, so, I mean, Brewdog obviously came out 
and said, we think this is fucking stupid. Not in those words. But, um, you know, Brewdog kind of do as they want, what they want to do. They kind of decide, you know, oh, this is so super uncool that this regulatory body has decided this for us whilst, you know, keeping to the regulations. And I would imagine none of these beers are in circulation anymore. Yeah, because there was a massive cock-up anyway. Yeah, but I I assume now that uh, the terms boy and girl on any alcohol labels will just not be allowed anymore. Mm. Hmm. So we're now down from words you can't use on labels to a possible appeal, a very subjective idea about a possible appeal to underage drinkers as well in your can art oh you can't say you can't can't say appeal on cans because it has ape in it and (laughs) we should get primates drunk surely that's just funny yeah Uh, no i think that's cruelty to animals ben i'm pretty sure that's cruelty to animals more than likely more than likely um ah, it's a it's a it's just a bit of a um it's kind of just a bit of a disappointing sort of story really at least that I think it is that we kind of having these issues that kind of one person complains about you know that something may possibly appeal to someone that someone may read something wrong and that's it done Can't yeah it's a, it's a little minority report ish in in the sense that like the wrong hasn't happened um which again I don't want to say that we need to get a kid drunk before things happen but like in this case, this was so many steps removed because at no point could this event, even if the appeal existed, could the kid get the beer. So it's not, it doesn't matter. It's just like a television advert making beer look cool and a kid seeing it. They still can't get the beer. That doesn't make it like you, I mean, the, the following the logic, then all adverts that a kid might be able to see should be off mm. the table too. Um, with the pink IPA, it's just a shame that, like, this is what's going to, like, what was really taken to them was, like, I'm sorry, but girl, yeah, we do have a problem in our society about saying men and girls. We infantilize females, like, you see a group of girls, you don't rarely say a group of women, girls night out, you know, things like that, like, like, generally, until you're, you know, late 30s, you, you you know, she's a girl. Mm. Um, that's a thing that happens, and so it's n- that saying. Oh, the dictionary says a girl is uh, a female child is ridiculous. Oh my god! You okay? Sorry. Um, I just watched the cat trying to scratch higher up on the scratching post, and it slowly started to tilt and then <laughs> smack into the ground. Um, hence the oh, oh my god. Um, you almost hit my eye drops, which I don't know why they're on the floor. <laughs> Pick those up. Uh, yeah, well, they're in a Ziploc bag. They just fell off the table. Oh, no, okay. I'm not picking that up. You're just going to knock it over again. Um, sorry, the podcat is, um, causing havoc. Was. I don't yeah. think I've ever seen that happen in like the two years he's had the scratching post. Probably means he's done with the lower levels now. Um, anyway, um... <laughs> I'd say cutting room floor, but I know you're going to leave this in. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, 
it's clear in our language that we use girl to mean young women, women mm -hmm. of, of an age well past majority, right? Like, so, like, this is, this is an incorrect ruling based on how the language works. Yeah. And it's just, one, I don't think anyone legitimately had a, like, again, this is just like the tiny rebel. How is this actually endangering children? It wasn't. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So it's just someone complained, I guess, because they thought that was inappropriate. But I doubt the, the, the inappropriateness of, like, with the tiny rebel, it's just not, I mean, it's just a design. Go fuck yourself. With this, it is inappropriate, and you're taking it to task for the wrong reason. Yeah, very much, yeah, yeah, completely. Uh, it seems that they've maybe misunderstood the issue but maybe they didn't misunderstand the issue maybe i'm assuming some lady who lunches just was like it says girls and it beer yeah, yeah completely and maybe they can only respond to the complaint made oh for sure uh, the other you know, thing rather is, than rather than looking at the wider issue uh, well, uh, and the way that language is used type of thing yeah and, and i also think that this not under it's not shouldn't be under the regulatory body's purview to um punish them for a misogynistic message yeah, I, I mean, completely agree. They, they they fucked up. They got taken to task in PR. That's what should have happened. I'm glad it happened. I'm glad people realized this was shitty because all beer is for women, and yeah, this is the exact <laughs> yep. inverse of being woke. So, um, yeah. So like I I like that happened. Even if someone tried to complain, this the no regulatory board should have a say in this particular issue. Even the one that we think was an issue not the one that sort of was was taken in yeah yeah so like um i'm looking at the table here and i have uh it's, i i'm reading a can it says electric bear that sounds like it could be a kid's toy so they should go fuck themselves obviously yeah um yeah completely. you know and then we have what do we have we've got our friends i'm blanking on their name now bristol base starts with a v Bristol-based starts, starts with, a v. with a V. No, I'm Ooh. making things up. Never mind. Um, Cornish-based starts with a V. Verdant. No, it wasn't Verdant. Although Verdant Bristol also has, uh, has like very like tween-friendly. Yeah, um, it's a, I mean a lot of their, their artwork is, Vermont, is very popping. IPA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like pulp. Yeah, it, it you know pops off the cam, bright colours. Yeah. I can't remember who I was thinking of, but um, yeah. So, so clearly they should they should be banned from everywhere. Obviously, yeah. that's that's the only you know that's the only thing to do, isn't it? It's the, the only thing to do is to ban all of this until we get to a point like we have done with cigarettes, where everything comes in plain white cans, just says beer, and marble have to go after everyone for stealing their can designs yeah. minimalist can designs uh, but it will be it will be rule it will be regulation at some point i imagine um maybe I in the not, in the far distant future rather than the yeah rather our, than the our, near our, future our but socialist dystopian future that w it will never happen because but that will never happen yes yes po possibly yeah. possibly um yeah, it's as you say. It's a it's it's kind of the wrong reason to go after the the campaign. But what can you do? Uh, I guess unless we make a complaint to the Portman Group about misogynistic use. No, I think we term, should make rather it up for than uh, 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 you know a 
uh, an underage issue, well, I then think maybe they would look at it in that way. No, they won't. Uh, because <laughs> that's not illegal, right? Marketing their children is illegal. But that's I think that, true. Okay. I, think they, they, I mean, I, I don't know enough about the law in this country, but there should be a freedom of speech expression. Some There should be some recourse to say this. these types of decisions are clearly wrong because mm. they're... It's just because it's bright and colorful doesn't mean it's automatically um, marketed children. to children. Yeah. Um, is and in like coming with these decisions and saying adults don't get to have bright, colorful things. Exactly. Yeah. Which is yeah. a really weird uh, implication of this ruling that I don't know if they've realized. Um. Yeah. Anyway, we, I mean, we it, still see we still see uh, you know like popping artwork. We still see bright, colourful kind of cans and things like that. I guess they just have to not look like children's programs. Uh, yeah, or it's it's it's, like... it's it's you know what what and and again, um, energy drinks have been um, kind of moved. And uh, is it sixteen year olds? You have to be over sixteen to now buy stuff like Red Bull or, or Monster and, and energy drinks as well. Uh, well, that I but, mean, I mean, there is. Excess of caffeine can affect children's growth. Yes, that's true. So, exactly, so that's fair. But I, but I'm not sure whether any of those have had to change their labels, labels or artwork. Well, or so they they, they tend to pushing. be like aggressive machismo marketing, which isn't yes, true. Childreny, yeah, I guess. Okay. So even though they're bright, I'm guessing, like it's really like Tiny Rebel has cool designs, and yeah, they're like you know cartoony raspberries. That's not directed towards children it's just cartoony but mm. we live in an age of fucking bojack horseman yeah let alone south park simpsons that are like cartoons uh, cartoons and cartoonishness ha- are not synonymous with um six-year-olds yeah or yeah yeah anyway. yeah completely uh, uh it's 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 just a weird kind of subject to uh, you know get into in terms of Having it regulated it's, and, and it, having it sort of, um, you know, pushed pushed back that people can't do certain things with their, you know, with their marketing. I, I completely agree that, you know, perhaps a beer shouldn't say, this beer is for children, you know, but just having colours. But also, having, even if you, you said know, this cool beer artwork. was for children, sorry, um, no beer is for children. No beer can be sold to children. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, oh, fuck. I, I, I wish we had a brewery. I would come up with um, uh, a beer marketed um, with like a baby goat on the label, and it just said kids <laughs> for kids. Yep. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Someone do that. Any brewers listening, please. Yeah. You don't even do say it. four kids, right? Like, you don't want to say four kids. You just have a bunch of baby goats, and you say kids. Yeah. It's like a New England IPA or something. <laughs> something light, at least. Yeah, like a small beer, two two point three percent, just to get a little buzz off. Yeah. Um, yes, it, it, I mean it doesn't lead us into the next story, but it, it kind of leads us into something else that kind of um, has been uh, you know big in the news lately, and that's kind of like Fortnite and the yeah, idea that, yeah. that kids are becoming addicted to it. And we won't get into it now, but. A lot of the stuff that I read about at least Fortnite and children playing it, nothing has been putting the onus on the 
parents. Nothing has been pushing oh, anything yeah. onto the parents for children because Fortnite it has an age rating. It's a twelve rated game. Yet you see news reports about 10 11 year old yeah. children playing this game all day long uh, and, you know and and we i mean you know loads of kids played 18 rated games but when you, they weren't 18 you know things like gta grand theft auto uh, you know but other at that games. point it's not the games manufacturer and and actually in since we were uh young um i mean i don't know about here but it wasn't that hard to get a mature rated or an, uh, oh, no, game no, not at the at store, all. but now it actually is freely regulated, from what I understand. Oh, you can't, but the so same your parent has to buy you the fucking game. Very much, and it's the same with booze now. Like uh, you know, when I was fourteen, we could go into the little shop and just go and buy like a three liter bottle of cider. Oh yeah, you know, okay, that's that's twenty years ago. Oh, but what was almost. the label like? Oh, the label had a big woodpecker on it. <laughs> uh, or a, a, a golden arch, and by that you, you know, mean something, two, something two, like that. Two penises, right? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I meant. Yeah. Uh, so it kind of the thing is this, you know, with this, the idea that labels appeal to children. There's various layers that those kids would have to go through to be able to acquire that, yeah. and that's saying, you know, and, and is it saying, well, shopkeepers are obviously fucking stupid. They don't know it's beer. Obviously, it's a soft drink. It, it's got kittens on it. It's yeah, a soft the, drink, obviously. Yeah, and the fact that it has an alcohol rating, it's shipped by the alcohol people, not the soft drink people. Blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And, and normally, in, even, in, even in small convenience stores, it's kept in a separate fridge to soft drinks. So, you know, if a bunch of kids come in and they go into that fridge, that's the fridge with the booze in. Uh, so, you know, it, it kind of taken out of context. Okay, I can understand that they want to try and limit these things, but taken within the context of every day and actually living, it seems kind of crazy, bringing it back to Brewdog, that the use of the word boys and girls is, is going to kind of be restricted. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll move on, we'll move on, we'll move on. But, absurd. Yep. So, I mean, I guess with kids and video games, yes, it turns out if you let you let your kid play video games all day long, they they might be become addicted. Guess what? That'll happen with a variety of different games. <laughs> yeah, that'll happen with a variety of TV shows. Things, yeah, screen time. Just stuff. Kids love stuff, right? Kids are people, and you're addicted yeah. to your smartphone, and they're addicted to Fortnite. <laughs> or watching, you know, Peppa Pig on YouTube. Yeah. Anything, anything. Yeah. Things capture kids. It's 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 the way that they work, you know. But but yeah. but yeah, I, I I I will say that like the fact that um some politicians have jumped on and said we need to review the age rating. So it's like, well, no, the age rating is twelve. It says twelve. It should have been shouldn't have been like. There are gates that tell you that these ten-year-olds shouldn't be playing, but also, yeah. even if the twelve-year-old was addicted, it's not be- the game's age rating isn't the fault. There's also fucking thirty-year-olds addicted to things like Fortnite. Yeah, very much. Yeah. Um, the the weird thing I don't know if you caught this, but um, video game addiction was entered in by the WHO as a yes. as a thing, um, and I was really in- the the reasoning for it could be done with all kinds of other screen time like like if you looked at what their bulletin was saying it was true for all kinds of things mm-hmm. um you know uh 
online poker. It's a, a, a online poker to just smartphone usage. That's yeah, how completely. like wide it was. But they called it video game addiction as as a like not a disease, but a, a, a disorder. Disorder. Thank you. Yeah. And that really frustrated me because it was. I mean, it's just clearly. Yes, people can kind of get addicted to screen time and shiny, flashy things on devices. Mm. And to say that this was video games particularly is just wrong, um, because the evidence they were citing was that it was that generalizable. It's just not it's not not appropriate. And there was some pushback, but who knows um, how far that will go? So that's my um, extra piece of news on top of your extra piece of news on top of our labeling rants. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Um, I think this is, you know, this is going to turn into a three-bear podcast. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I had grabbed three just in case. <laughs> nice. We've got some stuff to get through. We've got some stuff to discuss. Uh, we'll move on to beers. So, what are you drinking next? I am drinking a collaboration between um, Gypsy Hill and Electric Bear. Ah, I've seen this. It's the it's a New England IPA called Character Assassination. Um, it's got odd robots, a couple of them holding kegs, one with a laser beam. It's you know marketed towards teens, as you can see. Obviously, yep, yep. Drones, all, all people who fly drones. Yeah, yeah. Marketed to them, yeah. Anyone who likes robots. Yeah, or office workers. <laughs> um. It has flavor text. It says, brewed with our friends from Gypsy Hill. This is our first large-scale NEPA. North England. New England. New England IPA. North England. Oh, now, that's what I'm drinking. Yeah. Uh, fermented with the Lalamond New England Station strain. Good Lord, let me try this again. <laughs> fermented with the Lalamond New England strain to maximize hop yeast interaction and dry hopped thrice. Pineapple, Ooh. peach, and bubble leading into a restraining piney finish. Drink with friends. Malts are extra pale, oat malt, torrefied wheat, dextrin, and the hops are Columbus, Citra, and Fix Secret. Um, <laughs> awesome. Ingredients. Allergens in bold. Malted barley, oats, and wheat. Hops and yeast. <laughs> uh, and it, it is a casual 7%. Nice, nice. Um... Does drinking with friends count if you're not drinking the same beer and you're doing it over the internet? Um, Does that count? I would say we're sufficiently with each other, and most of the times I drink with friends, we're not actually sharing the same beer. Yes, that's so true. So I think drink yeah. with friends is, is relatively separate in the per-drink individual. Yes. Okay, that's good. Good. So I good don't think know. I'm disobeying the can. Mm, good. Um, my second beer is going to be another... Northern Powerhouse. This is the number four, which is from Wylam and Thornbridge, and it is an American wheat. It has Chinook BBC and Centennial. Unlike the previous beer, it has additions, jasmine flowers, and orange peel. Hmm. So we shall see... Well, that comes through very much in this. Um, again, no flavor text. Uh, they're very nice. I like the cans. I like the can art. Uh, they've gone for very, you know, tonal, um, very specific colored uh, 
cans um, and it's it's very very simple oh, cool. I don't know whether the uh, the scenes are you know the towns perhaps that the uh, that the collaboration brewer uh, sits in because they're kind of landscape esque style scenes on them with uh, but like through shapes right like yes, geometric yeah yeah very geometric shaped um, but yeah yeah that's all we get that's all we get uh, what does yours look like what does it smell like it um well it smells really like a beer. It's, I mean, you're getting really strong <laughs> wafts of the citra and something else. Um, possibly, I, I'm not as familiar with Vic Secret or Columbus, but one of the other hops is clearly coming through. It's got a slight dankness, but you yeah. still get that you know sweet tartiness of the citra. Um, it is quite clear. Yeah, very. Uh, still a bit of um, head at the top, like two millimeter, milliliters, millimeters. Roughly both, given the size of the glass. Um, oh, it's quite velvety. Nice. That's nice for a, a sort of like a translucent beer. Mm-hmm. It, um... It, uh... I'll write it down. It's fine. <laughs> I don't even need to write it down. We're not even going to cut it out. I was interrupted by Kim because she wants a bottle opener for her wine. Yeah, I was thrown off because I said I saw a bottle float into the camera and then float out, and then you grab a <laughs> bottle opener and then put it back down. It's because there's a um, so the bottle opener I have is uh, like a single pool. Yeah, bottle opener. At least you can see this. Adult. Yeah, a standard. Uh, whereas we have like a dual pool um, inside. I told her where it was. I got you. Oh, you give her what for? Um, exactly. How yeah. dare you interrupt us? Yeah. Um, I will say, I mean, a little bit of that pineapple, but not as much as sort of the label said. Um, I'm not getting a We've, huge amount of. Uh, so there's a little bit of a tropical fruit, not a huge part of amount of tartness. Um, definitely feel that sort of piney finish that they were okay. saying, though. It's got a nice crisp finish that sort of goes well with that danky smell sort of mm. a little coniferous coniferousness yeah little um, forested area yeah you sit in and drink your beer um, yeah yeah man i mean we we find this a lot with pineapple don't we that that actually it's maybe not quite a strong flavor that pushes through a lot of the beers that we drink with uh with pineapple in that doesn't always push through too much uh, it yeah. kind of always plays second fiddle to a lot of the other things going on. It is odd uh, when, because when it's listed, um, because again, I, I, you're right, I, I don't often actually taste it that way, but maybe it's just a deficiency of my palate. Um, just, just because it's 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 quite weak, yet they sort of seem to be proclaiming it. But um, it's yep. it's it's a good solid beer. It's also it also doesn't last long though. It's got a quite a short finish. It mm-hmm. leaves a bit of um, bit of texture on the tongue, so it's a little, not super wet, but not dry. Um, so okay. while like the previous beer just tasted like squash and it was just like nothing, there is a bit of lingering on the tongue. So it's not um, again not dry, but there is something sort of left, which means I'm not going to slug it back nearly as quickly. But I also don't have a lot of taste going with that feeling. Mm. So 
I'm going to probably return to it quicker than maybe the mouthfeel on the finish, lead, uh, like the textured finish, w- mm-hmm. would, would warrant because I want to taste a thing. Yes. Yeah. How about you? How is number four? Uh, number four, uh, a similar color, maybe a little bit more amber than the, the than the previous, which was the uh, the hawk's head and Wylam uh, double dry hot pale. Uh, number six, I think. I've turned the camera around the wrong way. Uh, yeah, a little bit more amber, uh, hmm. slightly more translucent. Oh, from um, my it angle, almost it looks, looks the same. Uh, at least yeah, yeah. Not in the not in the light when you have it sort of. Uh, you know, in a bit of shade, it looks like uh, kind of like a very weak orange squash. Mm. A little bit of carbonation, about the same amount of head that you had, only about two, three mil perhaps. Uh, and you're getting a lot of oh, Kimberly, <laughs> she's smashed the cork on a bottle. Oh dear. Oh no. Have you got anything for our listeners to know? I'm not cutting this. Just some shit. I'm cooking Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did it just fall in? No, it didn't fall in. Um, it snapped in half. Oh, I see. So she's taking the top half out. I'm going in. I'm going as deep as possible, mate. Oh, dear. Keep it PG. Oh. Do, do we ever keep it PG? I think we're on to a winner. Hooray! Thanks, babe. That's all right, no problem. Do you want to take the bottle opener with you? All right, fine. <laughs> I have another bottle opener. Hooray. And a free half cork. Well, I've got I've got the whole cork now. I got she brought the other bit with her. Um <laughs> what was I saying? The beer, the beer. Um number four. Uh right, so this has uh jasmine flowers and orange peel in. Mm-hmm. The orange peel very much plays second fiddle. Uh it's it's there just it 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 seeps through just that little bit. The jasmine you get instantly on the nose that is all that you get in the flavor you it's it's there in kind of droves it is a big big hit of that flavor Mm -hmm. i'm talking about your your previous your uh from framboise from boozy from boozy what am i thinking of um that that jasmine doesn't really give way to anything else you're not getting a huge amount of um of beer from this and actually i don't know whether it's maybe just following up from the other bit that i've got this very slight soapiness really with it as well uh you know the 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 nose makes you think that you're sticking your face into a bowl full of potpourri uh the the, the taste makes you think that maybe not quite as acidic but maybe that you've you know You've tasted a little bit of shower gel or shampoo with jasmine in. Really? And it's got that slight soapiness to it. Um, That's kind of a shame. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's easy to drink. And that's kind of... That jasmine... That jasmine kicks in straight away. And you've got all that floral jasmine kind of flavour straight away. But the aftertaste, as the beer starts to dry out a little bit, does give way to that slight soapiness. Hmm. Hmm. Not sure about this one. Hmm. Yeah. There's not a huge amount else going on. It's only 5.5%. Yes, we'll see. We'll see if the flavour develops uh, kind of as we drink. Um, rather than jumping into another news story, should we talk about games we've played? Sure. Why don't you start us off... 
because we've you know we've weeks to catch up on, right? right. Well, except I was you know busy ruining a foot. <laughs> um, I I think I have I talked about Destiny two. No, no, I don't think so. Yeah, good. That was the one game which I played a couple several a couple several weeks ago. Okay, because um, I got it free in the humble bundle monthly. Which I was right. not expecting. I was like, oh shit, I own Destiny 2 now? And then, like, almost a month later, I'm like, I guess I'll install Destiny 2. <laughs> uh, and I. Because I, I. If you don't recall, I really liked the world of Destiny. I, I got it really cheap in, uh, for the Xbox One ages ago um, and played almost. Like through the first, through the gay single player campaign up until, I think the second last expansion. Like I just started the last expansion, or I needed. Okay. I don't remember. I was a, a couple expansions short of the whole thing, but really enjoyed it. Um, really liked the world, tight controls. Um, actually, my first Bungie game. Um, wow. Okay. I've, I, I outside of four matches on an Xbox 360 of Halo split screen. I had never... Mm. Halo something, I don't know. I, it was when I moved to Amsterdam, so 2010-ish. Mm, three? Sure. Um, <laughs> that, that's that been my only, you know, exposure. Really liked it, uh, so I was excited to like, get a free... Like I knew I wasn't going to play a lot of the PvP. The game's been out yeah. for a while. Uh, I've heard mixed reviews about the game but i thought well i you know i know the base mechanics i don't like i've never played it with a mouse and keyboard but that's my fps jam so let's let's do this uh really i had played the demo which was the first mission it was kind of aggravating because like oh i actually remember enough of this uh and then i got dc'd oh um, really yeah and then and then it started me halfway through that mission, and this is like before you can like really do anything because you're mm. on that first mission, so you can't you're just like oh, I gotta play this mandatory plot before game starts. And got through that, and then and then uh, got to the home world, saw the soccer ball, got DC'd, um, <laughs> and then I played through half of the first mission, got DC'd, um, and I was like. What the fuck? Now, I, I mean, I'm wired into my modem. I have, I've had a couple times, though, like j- just to make sure it's not all on the server's fault. A few times I've had, um, while watching Netflix, a little bar pop up and say, like a little pop-up thing in orange saying, you're no longer connected to the internet. And the whole hour-long episode plays, and clearly I reconnected and it never got rid of that box. So there might be something wrong with something in in with my internet. But, like, if I can stream Netflix throughout, but you're, like, the latency kicks me out of the game, and then I can't re-log into the game until I shut it down and start it up again, it takes forever to log in, and then maybe I'll get back in the world, and usually it means I've lost, like, all progress on a mission or whatever. Yeah. That's bad design. Like, because it clearly, like, if it's not solely, like, if it is my internet's fault... Which I have, you know, the Netflix evidence shows that it's a minor blip because I'm streaming a show and the show, and I'm talking like the show doesn't go down to like shit pixelated, like it doesn't degrade. It just says mm. you're not connected and then continues streaming the rest of the 40 going, minutes sure. at pure HD. It's like, it's <laughs> clear like, oh, something blipped out somewhere on the chain. Maybe it's my NIC card. Maybe it's the modem. And then it blipped right back in and everything's cool. But the like 
the game just couldn't handle that type of thing, which is nonsense. God, that's weird. Because, like, if I didn't, like, if I was a regular person in, like, a shittier, like, a more rural part of the world where you're going to have more um, temperament, more temperamental internet, that means you just mm. can't play a game like Destiny 2. Um, so it was kind of sad because I was actually, like, oh, I, like, I don't think I'll play this all the way through, but I think I might get, you know, a good 10 hours out of this game because I liked the world and I know enough about, like, the dynamics of the classes that it'll be easy for me to sort of solo through the, the until yeah. I get bored with things. Yeah. Like, it just seemed like one of those... It's kind of like um, picking up an, an older Assassin's Creed game, I might not, like, and just playing it for X hours and walking away. That's the kind of approach. Like, I know enough about this series that I'll just do whatever until I get bored and then walk away. And I was like, oh, mm. I can't even get bored. <laughs> like, like can't how play is it for long enough to get bored with it yeah and well, it was that's what they're doing mate that's what they're doing they're trying to keep it fresh for you yeah. just disconnect you you've got to go back in no but i didn't and that's the thing and that was like like that that was my big triumphant return to games like i will play a game i'm gonna pick this one. Oh, this one fucking killed me oh, i just want a waste of my time i guess i won't play games <laughs> i mean no i went to you know uh, to see icebergs and whales and break a toenail, lose a toenail in Newfoundland. Like, I just was yeah. busy, but it was, it did suck because I had finally got to a place sort of with my work and stuff where I had a balance and I can come home and not feel guilty and also just not stressed such that I feel like I can play a game. And then I was yeah. like, nope, you can't play this game. Man, that's a, that's a difficult experience to have to go through, especially when you've kind of geared yourself up ready to kind of get back into not necessarily the swing of things but uh, you know allow yourself that time to game rather than doing work rather than writing well yeah uh, to, to give yourself that downtime uh, you know with with games rather than downtime with people or, or with something or else fucking well. youtube or netflix which yeah. is the usual yeah. thing where it's like i'll oh, just watch half an hour or something because i'll feel guilty if i spend too much time on a thing and then end up watching things like it's not like i am always working it's just that cycle of like what i will you know what how you consume yeah and like oh yeah. i shouldn't do something for five hours straight but like in order for me to really like if i want to if i want to put time in a real game i want to actually have a chunk of time mm. and mm. so that's why i've been veering towards watching things because or listening to podcasts which are easily pausable and walk awayable and come back right it, it's totally psychological. I'll still burn the five hours, which I should have just done the thing that I wanted to do. Do, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, so so that's that's my gaming over the past, we'll say three weeks. Oh, I, I seem to remember when we spoke the last episode you were on. You mentioned that you'd picked up BattleTech. I have installed it too. Oh, so it's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Destiny 2 was a, a bigger pull than Battletech? Um, so one of the things that appealed to me about Battletech is also, it's a bit like The Witcher 3, like it's, the, the whole point is like, it's an SRPG, but also like with super intricate technical shit for outfitting your mechs. And yeah, so it's like, oh, that seems like a time sink. Oh, I yeah. don't know when I'll have the time for the time sink. Same thing mm. with fucking Horizon, still haven't finished, haven't gone back to yeah. you. Witcher yeah. 3, but haven't started. Um, mm. Installed and uninstalled a couple of times. Um, <laughs> be, because they see, like, and I know it's dumb because I could just play it for an hour and 
if, if maybe it's just a game I play for the next year, right? Like that's the thing nor- reasonable people do. Um, yeah, it is. It is, and I'm just not reasonable, so I just avoid things that I want to do. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's um, that's why I, I sort of Destiny seemed like something I could pick up and play for an hour. Yeah, um, yeah. But thanks for fair. reminding me of it, actually, because uh, I have been sort of uh, the strategy itch has been uh, has started again. Uh, actually, ended up watching a few episodes of a. Um, Magic the Gathering YouTube channel. Um, oh, really? Yeah, they play... Well, their main series is uh, the Commander series, which I don't know. It's uh, like a variant where um, it's multiplayer, like more than two, and you basically pick a legendary creature which sort of sits off of your deck, and then right. your deck is... You, instead of the usual, you can have up to four of a certain thing, a card... Unless it's land, you can only have one of any type of card, and you have a ninety-nine card deck, um, and it, it's full of weird. Like it's it's more of a shenanigans, old school way of playing, um, mm. because you're you don't you can't rely on the same mechanics to win competitively, and it's more sort of social. And they just it's just really well done. It's called the series is called the Command Zone, I think. Okay. Um, but it it just it reminded me of like. When I played Magic back in the day, when it, we, the, you didn't have information about like the tournaments and the deck lists and all mm. that, so the mm. meta game wasn't really ever in your field of view. So you kind of just made your shit weird, crazy ideas, and everyone was doing it. And this is a way of recreating that because because you can't have that consistency. There yeah. can't be a meta game because I have an idea, and I can have a in my deck can have a lot of synergies with my commander because you can always cast out of the command zone. And when your commander dies, you basically it's their same casting cost plus I think two colorless mana. So every time they die, mm. it costs more to bring them back. But yeah. you can choose to put them in the graveyard or in the command zone when they're removed and stuff like that. Okay, um, nice. So, but it, so like you can have a deck around a synergy given that one known card, but you can't have these like this set like this is the win condition of my deck. This is the thing I need to do. You know, which is very like in competitive Magic is where the game's gone, and that's less fun for me. Yeah, but yeah, it just—it was really good to watch and just be reminded why I like the intricacies of like this than that, and this than that that causes this that tumbles into that, and now mm. you're fucked. And um, and uh, and then I was like, oh, that's why I like SRPGs because like you can, yeah. to a certain extent, you can. I mean, depending on you know levels of things, but you can really play a map in interesting ways. Well, I'm I'm glad you're getting your Mojo? kind of strategy card fix in as well. Uh, you know, you, you, previously, at least last year, you were playing a lot of like duelist and 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 stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, to kind of get that fix and. Well, the problem is just, watching it. You well, just adapted it. Yeah, watching just adapted it to YouTube videos. Yeah, except that just like let's plays versus playing games, it's not the same. Yeah, yeah, very but, um, much. Yeah, I mean, I might. I've actually been. I might pick up, poke another um, card game. Another nice thing about the card games is they're short battles, right? Mm, Generally, mm-hmm. matches aren't that long, which means you can kind of plug in, plug out. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, nice. So that's that's basically my gaming goals and past. Um, <laughs> thanks for reminding me about BattleTech, though. I think um, this, well, maybe not this weekend because we've got a special tanked up uh, weekend, but maybe maybe Sunday night <laughs> um, when you get back. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back reasonably early, so okay. uh, yeah, you'll have some of the day to be able to uh, to be able to put towards something. Um, yes, yes. 
it's but it's it's kind of good that you're kind of getting back on the horse a little you know gaming is takes up a huge amount of time we were talking earlier about the the ease at which these kids uh, you know anyone actually seems to be coming addicted to playing certain games Uh, I, i almost find myself going in the opposite direction that a lot of stuff is taking time away from gaming at the moment and that i'm not really finding a huge amount of time to to be able to put into games uh and last week lucy and i talked about celeste um i managed to I, i've managed to finish it here i've actually talked about celeste on the pod i don't know why she's a mountain uh, you have yes you have as well um and i managed to finish it it, it, it comes up at the end and it gives you your your kind of like your scorecard. That's right. Yeah. How many deaths? How many strawberries in your time? Uh, I, I seem to I can't remember the time or the strawberries, but I seem to remember my deaths were in about fifteen, sixteen hundred. Okay, I was going to say something 16, 16, around yeah. about that. That's a lot of deaths. Uh, fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, no, no, it wasn't fifteen. Uh, there was a there was a lot. There was a lot of deaths. Now, did uh, you but, just play through, or did you try and like get all the things and try and be a completionist? So, in some parts, when I move to a new screen to see the puzzle, to see the puzzle and to realise there was a cherry there, I thought to myself, "I'll, I can get this one. I, I, I know what I'm doing. I know that I've got these, you know, these set moves. I can jump. I can dodge, or at least I, I can jump and I can dash." Mm-hmm. And that actually, in my mind, I can work out how to get the strawberry. So I'll do that, and then I'll move on. Some other screens I moved into and thought, how the fuck am I going to get that? Okay, I, I, I'm not really sure how I'm going to be able to do this. Uh, and the game evolves at least a little. That I, I mean, I finished it, but I haven't gone back to any of the previous levels to know whether the stuff that you gain stays with you right to then maybe get some of the harder cherry uh, harder strawberry sorry to be able to get or get some of the more difficult to reach places uh the thing i love about celeste is you have these set moves you have a jump you have a dash but the stage adapts the environment to make it more difficult and make you think differently about how you use those two moves to have to get through it uh, and there's only six six stages is it six mm, maybe uh but might be eight ah, i don't remember uh, i only play I only finished it yesterday uh, but it, it it adapts in a in a way that it changes up what you have to do in the environment and i think that's brilliant you, you don't progress in terms of learning new skills you don't progress in terms of learning new moves Everything stays pretty simple. It's the difficulty in the speed in which you need to deploy those things and how you use them through the environment and the additions in the environment that are there to help you move through it that make you feel that sense of progression. Uh, and I think that's that's done so brilliantly. It just it does it so well. I think um, I think the one thing that I will say contrary to that this the to what you said, which I from the I haven't finished the game quite a little bit of it, um, is not is that you, it's not that you don't learn skills; it's just you learn skills, not yeah, your character. Yes. Which yeah, I think is exactly yes. so. Like when you said that, I I almost interrupted you, but I, you know I was 
a better man than I usually am and stopped. Um, <laughs> Slightly restrained. Yeah, um, because I think that's exactly the point, and I miss like the, the mm. simplicity of the game is why it's great, because... Um, yeah, again, you used to learn through muscle memory and and repetition and rote um, and trial and error. You learned the yeah. skills to to yeah. make it through. And back in the day of games, you just had the, like I mean, my crowning game achievement is still beating Mario One with um, no warp zones on one life, mm. um, and that was to an extent robotic. <laughs> by, by the end of it but but like most of that was like really understanding and learning the mechanics yeah to an insane degree and what i like about the the parts of celeste i've played and from what i've heard is that they the the game design is so well done that it guides mm. you through learning it those does. things yeah in a way that doesn't sort of you don't get these huge thresholds that like um, I played a bunch of like Super Meat Boy for a while, but I yeah. got to a point where I was just like, there were thresholds you you could just fight against to surmount to learn mm. better timing that would help later in the game. But it was always a struggle. And that was part of the game. Like I'm not, but what I like about what I've seen from, of Celeste is that you're still struggling. Like you said, fifteen hundred deaths, but it seemed it's less in your face with a saw blade than Super yes. Meat Boy, yeah. right? Like, it, it, it's um, it's not that it's necessarily kinder in the sense of number of deaths, but the approach, sort of, the gameplay seems to be more encouraging somehow. Well, it, it does, and in, at least in Celeste, when you die, you realise perhaps why, uh, and, and, you know, you work out in your head, oh, I should have, you know, I should have jumped there. Rather than yeah, like I don't. Rather than just being the the environment just being unfair, or it being you know with Super Meat Boy, there's a lot of moving objects to kind of get in your way, and yes, timing is very key. But sometimes it can kind of feel a little bit unfair, perhaps. Uh, Super Meat Boy runs at a slightly different speed to Celeste, I would say. Yeah. Uh, so with Celeste, when you miss something, when you miss a jump, or you haven't, you know, grabbed onto a ledge or something, you realise that, and you're able to correct it and move on. Uh, of course, some some stages, uh, some screens, I probably chucked 15, 16, 17 lives into, you know, to try and work them out and to understand the most efficient and the best route to be able to get through that 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 screen. But I don't think it ever felt unfair. And I always, you know, I don't think there was any screen that I stopped playing on. So I, I don't think I got to a point where I'm like, I'm really frustrated with this. I'm going to put it down. I'm going to come back to it. I think when I put the game down, it was always once I'd completed a screen and then moved on to a new one. And rather than starting that new screen, time for a break. I decided to have a break. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it didn't feel unfair in that sense that I, I thought. I, fuck it, I need to just put this game down, I need to stop. There was no frustration whatsoever with this. It was, it was, you know, almost not effortless, because whilst you're playing, you're putting a lot into it, but you don't have that sense of frustration that you get with a lot of these kind of platformers. Mm. Uh, so, I, I mean, it's, it just feels so well-crafted and paced very well that 
it, it just keeps you playing and keeps you wanting to finish the puzzle and you've you know you've worked out half of it you've got to finish it you've got to get through to the end of it some of them are easy some of them are not so much but it just has that pull to it uh, but it, it's not the only thing I've been playing no I've also been playing pokey MMO and now sorry I think you is, misspelled that it's M-O-N pokey M-O-N more exactly exactly sir so uh, Pokey, that, that, I was hoping for less of a unenthused reaction. I don't know why. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah, just. Um, a, a Pokey MMO, I think, is a Chinese version because a lot of the players online are Chinese, and it's uh, it's on my phone. It's on Android, but it is a, it is a Pokemon MMO, and. Essentially, you download Pokey MMO, and you then have to find the ROMs, the emulatable ROMs for you know Pokemon Red or Blue. Uh, the basically the first four generations. So I think it's Red or Blue, um, Gold or Silver, Heart or Soul, and Black and White. And you have to find the ROMs for those to upload into this, or to at least for the game to be able to find them. Hmm. to use certain things. So, I started in Kanto, which is the original Pokemon games region, blue and red. But it's such a significant visual upgrade, even on the Fire Red version, which was like the Game Boy Advanced or the DS version when it was re-released. It's such a, a, a you know, such a a big step up in terms of graphics that I don't know how they're pulling from this ROM. You know, I don't know how it's working behind the scenes to be able to do this. But it's essentially just Pokemon with all the first four games rolled into one. And as I'm running through areas in the original Pokemon game, I'm finding Pokemon from some of the other generations. So they're already baked into it. Mm. Uh, You know, I'm running around and I'm seeing lots of other people it's an MMO. There's tons of other people you can trade with, you can battle. And I'm seeing other Pokemon from all of these other generations following behind the, you know, following behind the player. Uh, but essentially, it is just Pokemon. It's just the original game kind of reimagined as an MMO, uh, which is brilliant. It's pulled me away completely from Pokemon Go. I haven't opened that game up since I've been playing this. Um, but... But, but, I didn't realize, and this is this is part of the kind of like the nostalgia goggles look you have on previous games. I don't remember how grindy Pokemon is. Hmm. When you need to defeat a gym leader to be able to get a badge to be able to progress through the game, those gym leader will have certain types of Pokemon, which will be certain levels. And you need to have Pokemon which will be able to counter those. Uh, you know, you find Misty, who's all about water Pokemon. You can't roll in with your level 5 Charmander. You have to have Pokemon like a Pikachu or something like that, which is an electric type, which goes against water, which is better than, to be able to defeat her. And, and yes, that adds to the whole like, catch em all type gameplay which is the slogan for pokemon and how they kind of want you to play it but 
I got to a certain stage, and I think I'm on the third gym leader, which is Lieutenant Surge. All of his Pokemon are electric Pokemon, and they're all around level 30. And I'm rolling, I rolled into the gym at level 21, 22, something like that, with maybe one rock-type Pokemon, and just got my ass handed to me. And I have just had to traverse the world back and forth, going to different trainer fights, going in the wild and fighting Pokemon, just to level Pokemon up, just to be able to pick Pokemon so they are, you know, uh, they good can enough. be a decent, yeah, good enough, and that they are the right type to be able to go and fight these things. And no doubt when I go to the next gym, I'll have leveled up the Pokemon to fight the previous gym leader, mm -hmm. and I won't have any of the right type of that certain level to be able to fight them, so I'm going to have to go back out, and I'm going to have to grind to bring them up to that level. Can I, can I ask, uh, as a essential poker virgin, mm. um, you, you said you had forgotten how grind you... So is this just the state of the game that you're being reminded of? Like, is this just because the original Pokemons were grindy? Is it somehow worse? I, I guess, I mean, I don't know enough about the world to know, I, like, uh, how the different... Because you said you had to upload ROMs of the different worlds. Yes. Um, yeah. So, like, how all these things interact, is that making it worse? Or is it is it just I don't that know. It's, Pokemon's it's, it's, a shitty I mean, game? Well, possibly. I don't <laughs> uh, You know, it, it's difficult to remember you know, however long ago that the original Pokemon game came out. And I've only ever played Pokemon Red, and then I think I missed the next gen. I missed Gen 3, and I think I then played Gen 4... Um, because I yeah, I think then they started coming out on the DS, and I had one of those DS4 kits, which you could just get all of the ROMs for anyway, so I think that's when I jumped back into it. Uh, so I don't remember it being this grindy, but that doesn't mean it wasn't. Mm. You know, I've played so many games since then that I may only be picking the best bits out of you know every single game I played 20 years ago or 15 years ago. Uh, and, and forgetting the the kind of like the shitty nature of it, and to to kind of you know maybe to to put an assertion down, but I think Pokemon was was probably like this. That's how it held people for so many hours and kept people playing. And it, there were kids, so they have had the hours exactly. And it did have that repetitive, grindy nature to it. So uh, you know, I think that this is this is the experience I had as a kid. You just don't like uh, it anymore. Just exactly i just don't want that experience but because it's on my phone you are it makes it a lot more accessible to be able to play uh, you know i could you, you know you could have been chatting about destiny 2 and i could have been sat here playing could've. pokemon mm. or pokey mmo i could have of course i was listening to what you were saying because i'm a, a nice human but lies lies and slander <laughs> um, you know i can sit there Come down, actually, with Evelyn at 6 o'clock in the morning when she wakes up. I'm not ready to wake up. I'll come down. I'll put some, you know, iPlayer kids program like Bing or Peter Rabbit or something like that. And actually, I can sit there with Pokemon for 30 minutes while I wake up with a coffee in hand and just be able to kind of grind through it. Um, she's using the PlayStation to watch iPlayer. I can sit there on my phone and I can kind of play a grindy game uh, it's 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 so it, 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 it as a grindy game with some nostalgia it fits that um time sync lackadaisical yes. game space yes. that we sometimes oh, have it, 
it almost requires you know zero thought really mm-hmm. it's very rote it's very by the numbers you know pokemon mm-hmm. you go out you fight you use some moves you catch pokemon or not you go out you fight your trainer you just got to beat them and use some moves that are the best against them right it doesn't do much that makes you actually have to think about stuff uh, you're maybe pressing a or directional pad every you know, five six seconds Mm. 10 seconds you don't need to be constantly looking at the screen uh you know nothing happens because it's turn-based battle system nothing happens if both pokemon have done a move and then you just don't decide to choose another one right so it's easy to put down and pick up so Uh, how does the mmo part work uh that i'm confused on uh given that you're playing roms of a single player game I don't know. I do not know. I don't know what's going on in the back well, so, end. No, forget about the, to... like. I, I actually don't care about the technical side. Oh, okay, I'm saying, the technical like, what side are the sure. features? So there's people oh, running around. There's can just, you, there's, just there's just people fucking everywhere. There's just people everywhere. And Shit, you they're fucking everywhere? And you... That's it. Yeah. yeah. Everywhere. Uh, you could just walk up to any character that you see on screen. And, and you can request you can request a battle. No, you, they're not quite going as far as Roblox. Okay. Um, in this, uh, another news story we won't be covering this week. Yeah. But uh, you can go up to them. You can request a battle. You can request a trade with them. Obviously, people you don't don't have to. People don't have to be reciprocal of that. Um, but I kind of I see a lot of people standing next to each other with a little spinning pokeball above them, which means they're obviously in some kind of engagement. Mm-hmm with another player uh, so people are you know people are using the MMO aspects of it um, I've almost uh, not quite hit a wall but for me to be able to go to one of the other regions so one of the other games and catch other Pokemon you have to have uh, four gym badges to be able to use the marketplace so there's there's also an open marketplace which people can put pokemon on you can buy pokemon using in-game currency you don't have to put any money into this at all. it's all in-game currency that you earn through battles and stuff like that can you buy it uh, like, you can buy this, pokemon of certain levels is it all just in-game or is there a pay-to-win sort of microtransaction no no i i there's there's nothing i've seen absolutely nothing oh cool so which would suggest i can put any credits into so this to be able to you know it, put any money in to be able to get anything so it's out just grind this. to win which is acceptable exactly oh completely completely as you know you know every pokemon game i would assume has been as every final fantasy game kind of has been as stuff like world of warcraft you know any online game if you're the higher player with better gear you will probably outplay somebody else so the the mmo aspects are baked in very well uh, and it kind of it makes me think that when they're, you know, you, they, when Nintendo have Pokemon Go, Pikachu, and Pokemon Go Eevee coming out. Right. But their next Pokemon game, which is the, you know, which is going to be within the kind of numbered canon of, of Pokemon games, there's, there's no reason why that shouldn't be an MMO and that you shouldn't have other players going around. Maybe it can't be quite as expansive as this, uh, this version, this Pokey MMO is. Uh, to allow kind of previous generations to all come together and maybe it's its own thing there's only 150 pokemon or or whatever that you can catch but 
you kind of now, or at least I would now expect it to be multiplayer, to have those interactions with other players, to seamlessly and easily be able to trade or battle with yeah. kind of other people, really. I guess I will just, um, given my uh, experience with Destiny 2, mm. there is an advantage of not having that, which is you don't need the always-on connection, which... Yeah given that it's a switch game would be always on wi-fi right so like you couldn't play poke mmo official um nintendo whatever um the nintendo version you if you if it was a mmo you can play it on the train yeah yeah which i know a couple people in out of lives would be like well that's a deal breaker yeah Um, very much yeah but uh yeah so i mean i do hear what you're saying um it would. It, I mean, I think there's definitely clear space for it, um, and and then honestly, what if I was Nintendo, what I would do was make the game you're describing, but also release some I don't know yellow, green, blue, rainbow version um, of the old ver- <laughs> like a virtual console essentially um, thing for those who just want to play the single player. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Oh, Makes but sense. also. It would be a Battle Royale game. Hey, you all start off as one Pokemon. Yeah. And you can yeah. and, and you can build a Raiju. That's a thing, right? You can you can build him like out of blocks. I don't know. What happened to the voxels? Weren't weren't voxel games gonna like be the next big thing? How come we have basically nothing? In the voxel front, <laughs> except Minecraft clones. I want like a first-person voxel shooter. Just this amazing world. Like, oh, that's what we, you need. Like the giantest of giant worlds, populated by you know thousands of people. Voxels, so you can load just dry, giant but, triangles. But like, floating remember around. the ship? Yes, where everyone was paired off with a different target. Uh-huh. Can you imagine that over a huge like continental landscape? With nonsense oh weapons, you could have to drive twenty minutes to be able to find the person. But you that could you're do that with voxels so much more easily. Like you could, you could be super cross-platform. Sure. Yeah. It could be on phones, etc. Because there'd be so much lower overhead. Yeah, yeah. They just people are just not thinking about it, man. Yeah, that's why uh, this is us announcing um, tanked up ink. <laughs> the return of the voxel. Yeah. Not an Astra, but the yeah. Should we have another beer? Yeah, I think so. Okay, we'll have another beer, and we're going to move on to our, you know... The next topic? Our, the next topic, the next topic, which is which is game-related still. It's game-related. Uh, your third beer, Ada, what are you cracking open? Ooh, uh, I actually did things in uh, back aspirates order, because I wasn't okay. sure. I grabbed the third one and then forgot I, that I had ordered them in a specific way when when i picked the second but this is uh keeping a bit of a theme um this is also from gypsy hill okay nice but it's their moxie spring sour and a refreshing 4.1 percent um it's a kettle sour uh it's moxie is a kettle soured fruited fruited beer that changes with the seasons this is our spring version which has been gently conditioned on apricots and peaches goes well with blooms and buds Drink it and talk to people. Figure that'd be a great tanked up beer. Uh, nice. So only four point one percent ABV. 
Uh, added apricots and fruits. Uh, the yeast is US05 and lactobacillus. The malts are MO low color malt and torrified wheat. Um, yeah, and it's got, as we were talking about art, a nice little, here's Moxie. He's got her Moxie, yeah. nice 50s car, sort of line art ish um, art. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, given that I just had a 7% said uh new england ipa not the best order but start with a sour end with a sour that's not bad either that's good idea. it's also four and four like it's a tall boy can so it's it's four yep. percent but uh, you know quite a bit of beer we've um uh, lucy and i have had uh, a few gypsy hill beers um in the last couple of months but i'm not sure either of us have had moxie so it'll be interesting to see how they have approached a sour or listener, you can tell me if I'm being stupid. And Lucy did have it oh, I hope not. Know, a while ago, but we shall see. We shall see. Um, I'm going to be drinking from Four Pure the Deuce Box, not the Juice Box, the Deuce Box. Dun, dun, dun. This is a citrus double IPA. It is 8.3 percent. It has flavor text. Deuce Box oranges are harvested by blasting California Dreaming. Through very large speakers at such a high intensity, the fruit just falls from the trees and juices itself. These are then added to our citrus IPA recipe with twice the hops, twice the malt, and twice the juice to serve up a punchy tropical glass of joy every time. And if you need someone now for pure that you're owned by Lion and you have a ton of money to read adverts for you i'm available excellent um while you crack and pour uh it poured a bit of a head but it is entirely gone um seconds later um it is slightly translucent um translucent opaque um yeah yeah, yeah. in the middle somewhere it's a like like a yellowy straw color Mm. um boy you just—it smells like a kettle sour. Like not—not yeah. not, like it's not in your face, but like the only notes you're getting is that like deep sourness that you get okay. off of a kettle sour versus like a mm. sour. Sort of, it's a, it's a little lower in tone, if that makes sense. Yes, yes. Oh, that's really good. Oh, interesting. So it's not super in your face. It, oh, this could go down like hot damn. Um, <laughs> would be great on a warmer day. Um, it's de- it is as sours go. It's like diametrically opposed to the frambuzi. It's, it's quite subtle. It's sour, but it's very understated. Um, you're getting a lot more of that nutty maltiness um, from the beer because of that. Okay. Um, So it starts with a bit of a zing, which fades quite quickly, leaves you quite wet. Um, it, so instead of a like it's it's it's, it's like a understated tart. I don't know if that makes sense. It's sort of in the spectrum of sourness. It's sort of got a little bit of a pop, and then mm. it fades quite naturally, which sort of just makes you be like, "Wait, what was that?" and reach for it again, which is troublesome mm. on beer number three. Um. Yeah, it's a 
is I, I, either I'm getting more use of sours, or this is just a really well balanced sour because it's nice. Okay, uh, it's just just quite good. Uh, I think um, them calling it their spring sour sort of lines up too. It's sort of not a full fledged sour I want in the summer, or I expect of a sour in the summer. It's sort of a build build up nuanced understated sour. It's quite good. It's really refreshing. Nice, nice. I'd like to think it is the second option that it's. It is just a very well-made beer, and uh, that you're not getting used to them. It, it is just that you know. Yeah, I, I believe each so time you well. have one, it, it's it's just you know a little bit better. Uh, and it's, kettle sours are a little a more, more sort yeah. of a little more understated than a than a sour. So you're probably getting a little bit of that in there as well. But yeah, nice man, nice. Sounds really good. How about yourself? So the the juice box or the sorry the deuce box, not the juice box, the deuce box. Um, it's I mean it's it's very orangey. You're getting a little um, maybe not just orange, maybe maybe a little bit of sort of uh, a slightly sour kind of orange. Maybe a little more sort of like tangerine or something like that. And I don't know whether they've, you know, included other fruits in there to kind of pull that back, possibly, uh, or whether, you know, they, they, it's a bit of like cantaloupe or something like that in there mm. as well, on top of the orange. Um, but it's not—it's not full on orange in your face. There's there's other stuff going on which kind of pulls it back, and it has this very slight sour nature, kind of right in the back end that sits with you just a little bit. Not much, but just a little bit. Um, I've got no idea that it would be 8.3%. Alcohol doesn't come through at all. There's a slight sweetness, but with the fruitiness going on, it kind of feels like the sweetness is coming from the fruit rather than kind of from any like alcoholic content. Interesting. It's a very bronze colour, uh, completely translucent, Little carbonated, very small head on there though. I mean, still getting some of the carbonation in the glass, but even with that, you know, you, you, you know, yes, the 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 front, the four of that flavour is orange, but it mellows very nicely, and mellows very easily into something that's you know, thirty seconds later you will reach for again. Little dry, not too dry. But yeah, that's a, that's a very easy drinking beer. And I almost feel that it's possibly not quite as, say, like... It's, it, it doesn't feel as juice-bomby as the juice box. Mm. It almost feels a little bit more understated than the juice box, that maybe the juice box is trying to give you that full-on hit, that big flavour. But this just feels a little bit more paired back, a little bit more balanced, perhaps. They've toned down on the juice. Even though it's a double IPA, they don't seem to have jumped up with you know double the amount of orangeness or orangey flavourness right. to it, which is which is nice. Uh, it just feels uh, a lot more balanced than perhaps the uh, than the juice box does. So, very even for eight point six percent, so like super easy to drink. 
Maybe. Maybe. In the aftertaste. Maybe there's a little bit of marmalade on there as well. Hmm. Maybe that's what's kind of giving it the sweetness. Hmm. Nice. A nice beer. Very nice beer. I will say... Um, okay. The, um... The aftertaste, right, when the sort of sourness fades, you, uh, I didn't mention this before, but you do get in that finish, which is very light and lightly fruited, um, you get mm. the the peachy taste. And, and okay. I think it's a level of peachiness that you would appreciate because it's just sort of there. Nice. Um, okay. it's, it's sort of like I didn't notice it immediately until I was like, so what mm. is this fruitiness? Oh, it's a bit peachy. I know mm. you're not a big mm. fan. Um I'm not, but I can appreciate it when it's you know at you know at that kind of level. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what I'm trying to say is it's at that level where I think you would be like, oh, yeah, that's peach versus like a oh, fuck peach. Like it's it's quite subtle. It just sort of tastes like that light, slightly tart fruit. Uh, mm. And it's not until like you you sort of focus on wait, what is that? Oh, it's definitely peachy apricotiness. Which, given that they mm-hmm. literally added apricot and peach, just again tells me that this is a well balanced, well made beer because they added the fruits and they're not these these weren't like this is in the ingredients list, right? This is fruits, apricots, peaches, not notes, apricot, peaches. Like so, they've added mm. them, but they're not like super prevalent in your face. It's you, you, the fact that you've added a fruit and you had to look for it speaks sort of volumes um, to the volume. <laughs> Nice, good. It's one to seek out, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And the bottle shop I frequent does get gypsy healing quite a lot, so I shall um, I shall look the next time I am in. Um, let's move on to our, our our final kind of topic. We were going to talk maybe a little bit about Four Pure and their their takeover from Lion. One of the reasons I picked the the Deuce box, mm. uh, but I think we're kind of running out of a little bit of time. And the next thing that I kind of want to talk about is probably going to be at least another ten fifteen minutes worth of discussion between us. Um, so I'm going to move straight into it. And this is it's uh, it's a difficult and it's a very hot topic at the same time. We're going to talk a little bit about the firing of a couple of um, employees from ArenaNet uh, based on their interactions that they've had on kind of social media. Uh, And I will caveat this by saying we don't know necessarily that their firing is because of what we're about to talk of. Because about this well, because about maybe this one instance. And the one instance is the thing that has kind of blown up a little bit. So uh, this instant... instance is that narrative designer Jessica Price who worked for ArenaNet who is a narrative designer on Guild Wars 2 sent out a series of tweets which discussed how they approach narrative and how they write narrative, how they develop narrative. Discussing their job, yeah. Yeah, discussing their job uh, and what they do. And a, a player of Guild Wars 2, someone that is um, quite big in the Guild Wars 2 community, tweeted her back saying, oh, hey, I, I understand what you're discussing, but maybe you haven't thought about this, and maybe you've approached it in a different it, way, and it, perhaps you could kind of look at it in it, this it was a little. Way. It was a little more... I can't... I don't have the tweets in front of me. It was a little bit... Well, well actually, that... Um, but not, but so not a lot. Is, so, 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 yes, so, not a lot. Not so a lot. This, this is kind of like the contentious point. 
that this this uh, this community member came back to to Jessica Price, and he, you go to some camps, and it's very much just someone saying, "Oh, this is what I think, and this is kind of how I would do it. Let's have a discussion about it." And you go to other camps, and they're very much telling Jessica how she should be doing her job. There's a very at least for me. It, it treads that kind of middle ground very yeah. much that this person kind of had good intentions, but maybe well, you know let's, pushed something on her that yeah, maybe let, she didn't want to discuss. Let's um let's bank that just for a second so we can talk about what happened and then we can return to that yes. instance because okay. I think yes. it sort sure. of will make more sense when we talk about how. Um, so she kind of blew up on this person. Um, Very much, And yeah. sort of said, like, uh, well, she didn't actually blow up on this person. She said, oh, great, another person telling me how to do, another person mansplaining me how I'm supposed to do my job. Um, this is, like, basically, like, oh, great. Uh, nope, like, shut him down, saying, this is my job. I know how to do it. Don't tell me what to do. Um mm -hmm. Which resulted in a huge backlash by the Guild Wars 2 community to yes. her bosses and the, the, the developer. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, saying, crying wolf, basically saying, like, oh, she's a terrible person, she's the worst. And um, the response of the company was, you're fired. You're gone, mate. Yeah. Um, and not only that, um, one of her colleagues. Yeah, um, Pete. Pete, his name's gone from memory. Let me just try and find uh, Pete from page. Guild Wars Pete 2. Fries. Pete Fries. Yeah. Um, he basically said, came to her defense and said, like, hey, look, and this is a point I actually agree. Like, this is her personal account. She feels a lot of negative things. Well, he very much, he very much, uh, in one of his tweets, he said, she wasn't asking for your opinion. Yeah, he basically said, like, She's giving her story. She never said, tell me what your version of things. She was sharing her development process. So, what, like, she didn't ask for you to tell her, to, to tell her what her opinion should be, etc. And the developer's response was not only to fire her, but to fire him for coming to her defense. Yes. Which is yeah. in fucking sane. So, there's a, there's a lot to unpack with this. And, the like the, the the kind of like the first thing I want to say is that the arguments that are kind of given by both sides, oh dear, I can I can understand a little bit, but the firing of both of them is either no, no, of I mean, them. You know, Pete Pete Fries, Pete Fries, either of them. Yes. Oh yeah, it's, let's, 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 absurd. Let's start Jessica with Pete Price because I think it still the... seems insane. But but Pete, you know. Essentially, came to the defence of a coworker of a f of a coworker of a colleague um, who we do not know, but who may have had previous shit, which is the reason why she exploded. We we you know, well, so I can't say I've not looked into kind of like Twitter history. I don't know any of the interactions she had with other I people. Mean, it, it may be the frustrations of a game developer and being told what to do. It could have been completely from him rather than anything to kind of like back up her. Uh, we, 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 we only kind of like can cast aspersions. It can only be kind of conjecture. Well, so, but so I think on the, on the for, Pete for side, it's unequivocally, he was protecting one of his own, which ostensibly you would want out of your 
Masters, he also, so. I also yeah. read his, yeah. his tweets, although I can't quote them verbatim because I on my third beer and definitely didn't have those up and I'm going to look for them. He was um, very polite about it. He did, like he wasn't Yo, like, yeah, very much. go fuck yes. yourself, yeah. you fucking fuck, 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 fight face. Yeah. He was like, to be fair, she was sharing this thing and never solicited opinions, so maybe when like you confronted off, with her, your re- opinion, yeah, you were out of saying. Yeah. Yep. And getting fired for that is unquestionably wrong. Like it's yeah, just I completely if agree. that's why you got fired, that's wrong because that's what you should want out of your employees. Also, that's just not a fireable offense in general because uh, I guess the one of the things I wanted to be clear about was well, two things. Um, the first thing is both of these are personal Twitter accounts, mm-hmm. um, which is important. Given the second thing, which is that developer doesn't. And hasn't in through HR or whatever have a policy with regard re, regards to personal Twitter accounts versus company ones. I think that's really important because yes, we you are the face of the developer to a certain extent, but also they know that, and so if they are going to take you to task for interacting with, or if, so if they're going to if they're worried about how you might interact with the community on Twitter. As a representative of the, of the company, they need to make that clear, um, which is really important. Uh, so important in general, like like if I if I'm known to be a um, so I think it's other people don't agree, but I think in the modern space, given how PR works, if I'm known a known employee, especially if something like a game developer, where there's in that very large outward facing community. Um, it can be. I think it's perfectly reasonable for policy to be like: if you're known to be a developer, you have to toe the company line. I think that's not mm. crazy. Mm. Do I wish the world was different? That that shouldn't be the case. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But I think that in the world we live in, that's not an unreasonable thing. But they didn't have mm-hmm. that policy, sure. and so that's a problem. Second problem, yep. very much, um, is according to her statements um, when she was hired by the developer she made a point of bringing up her social media interactions and saying, I pull no punches. I don't Mm -hmm. want to start. And they said, no, we want you to keep doing that. And if that's the case, this is by, I mean, first of all, it's a wrongful dismissal case because I mean, even without this, it'd be like, well, there's no policy against me saying things on my own terms. So fuck you. You can't fire me over it. And two, if she has evidence of them saying, we want you to continue doing this, which I suspect was probably an interview, so maybe not. But um, then that's clearly wrongful dismissal because she was encouraged to get her into herself into a position where she got fired. Um, and yeah. I think that's, but I think that the a company not having a policy and then being that reactionary to the point of firing, not reprimand, not like leave without pay while we investigate, nothing, just like fuck you, your your living is gone is clearly not the case like even if she did all of the wrong things the firing within 24 hours is still kind of suspect and it doesn't seem like she did all the wrong things no um which which it almost it kind of doesn't make you question but it almost makes you think about you know the relationship you had with the with the other people, with the developer, with the higher ups, 
you know, as you said, she'd come to them and said, this is my, you know, this is how I interact with people on Twitter. And they had an understanding about that. So if they had that understanding, was this very much unjustified? Or was it just because they wanted to appear a certain way to the players of the game? And think, to pander oh, to yeah, the players of the game and to the community? And it, it's yes, fear it of the community. For me. But it, it, it's kind of led to <laughs> an opening. Yeah, it's a floodgates. And exactly, it's opened the floodgates, and a lot of people have been kind of worried that we're going to get another kind of gamergate scenario or scale of attacks. engagement and attacks. And I, I very much wanted to bring up, and if she ever listens, I doubt she will, but Jennifer Sherl, who I follow on Twitter, who is very outspoken who, um, I say outspoken, she isn't outspoken, she says the things that she wants to say about representation, about how people are treated, about the shit that she gets Mm -hmm. online. But essentially she was saying, to, to, to boil this down into kind of like one sentence, she was saying, this has opened the floodgates up and the developer that I work for are getting completely unsolicited messages about the way that I interact with people on social media. And she's someone who's come out and said this. You can imagine it's happened for everyone, several other people, if not hundreds or thousands of other people, where a community has decided that this isn't the person I want working on this. So we're going to persecute you? This isn't the person I want representing me. Or I just don't like the one thing you said. Yes, very much. And it's it's such a fucking just a such a bag of shit that it allows kind of a community to almost feel that they can dictate what happens well, th- not with the game but with the people and the employees of a company who work on said game that they have some kind of not uh, influence in terms of the way that a game is developed. But influence in the terms of the people that actually work on it, and that seems that seems insane. Well, the, but the thing is, within hours of that firing, there was a Reddit thread, which I think has now been deleted, um, where they they literally were saying, yeah, they were like lauding themselves and talking about how now we have, look at the power we have, we can yeah, like we, we have all the power, we can, we can get anyone we want fired, and the power is in our hands, etc. And like, Fuck's sake. not only is that a ridiculous conclusion, but like, I mean, this is why it's a floodgate thing, is because by caving in without really any due process or any like any steps between. Um, the developers of Guild Wars 2, which, again, I can't remember the name, um, uh, have ArenaNet, right? ArenaNet. Yeah, um, they, um, they've, they've basically said, yes, we are afraid of you, our audience, to the extent that if you, if you complain enough about someone, they'll be fired. And while that's insane in general, well, for two reasons. One, what the fuck? And two, yeah. um, 
Guild Wars 2 is an old MMO, so anyone playing is clearly addicted, so you have power over them, <laughs> if anything. Come on now. This is just simple social dynamics. If anyone should be afraid, it's them, because you can take their little toy away from them, and they can't live without it. Otherwise, they would have moved on. Mm. Um, but uh, but uh, the other thing is... Um, Oh, I totally got got derailed by uh, Cameo Kim. Um, she just appeared from nowhere yeah. and derailed the conversation. Tell her her shirt is lovely. I like the sleeves. Your shirt is lovely. She, oh, Adol likes the floral sleeves. I think it's for me. I did actually. Yeah, that's true. Oh. It's a Christmas gift. Broken clock. No. <laughs> Goes well with your wallpaper, she said. You may have heard that. I think the um, colours don't work. We're talking about something like super serious right now. I can <laughs> So, so I had a thing. I can't remember what my second point. Just a complete. Was. Yeah, exactly. It's a complete interruption. So, someone was fired from their job because they. Mm, how to phrase this? Because someone mansplained them on Twitter in a polite way, but they... Yes, someone... So, exactly, yes. There there we go. Someone mansplained them on Twitter in a polite way. Man what? Mansplained them. I don't know what that means. So, uh, a man essentially told someone how to do their job. In a way only men can do. In a way only men can do, yeah. (laughs) It's like like I'm your Cyrano de Bergerac for Gamergate stuff. Eh... but essentially, are that was Columbo, s- not Are we being sexist uh, by saying only a man? I don't understand. Are we being sexist saying that only, only a man can... No, 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 no. it's a it's thing that like, men it's, do. It's, it's almost, so mansplaining someone is, is explaining something to someone, assuming a level of authority, which may or may not be there. Um, it's a thing that men so it's do. Like, it's, you saying, it's you saying, hey, it, 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 this was the pain I felt while giving birth... And me saying, oh, but I assume it's like this and this is the way you should think about it. Or Ben telling you how teaching works because he read an article. Or, or exactly, yes. Or telling you how teaching works. You know, in a, in a way that I feel is necessary. Because you read a so thing, despite your experience. Because I read something, yeah. It's already, so, so it's not you, but you're, you're not... Oh, really, no, no, mansplaining. No, 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 no. Mansplaining is a general, a just general term used by a lot of people. To, when when a man when explains a man something explains in something his way. in his way, yes. Okay. So someone mansplained to a to a female game developer how she should do her job. She exploded on them. What? Mm. Yeah. How do you know it was mansplaining? Uh, because it very much is the way the tone and the way that it's written. Okay, tone is very difficult to get within text, but the the continuous the, the nature attitude, of the, it, the attitude that the way I know. Your situation better than you. The attitude, the attitude that he gave, that he knows the situation better than she does. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, she she didn't she didn't explode on him, but she kind of like exploded in a way that she sort of said, "I get a lot of this shit. Why should I have, kind of have to deal with this?" The per- her employer then fired her. What? Yeah, your face your face kind of says it all, really. Yeah. She, they fired that's, her because people complained that she said I shouldn't be mansplained. Yeah, she said she shouldn't be mansplained, and she was fired. Okay, so even if even if her employer felt that she was in the wrong, he gets fired for that. Yeah, he did. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, 
people have every right to what happens on whatever that's yeah a, pers a personal know, twitter it's, account a, it's their opinion isn't it yeah very much and if they want to explode because they feel like they've been bombarded and bombarded and bombarded and they've had enough then that was up to them yep right yeah right. <laughs> so i'm glad you're here yeah. For that. So I, I will add, I know Kim can't hear, but I, I mean, one of the arguments she made uh, subsequently was that while that message was sort of not super aggressive, was kind of mansplaining, she's just used to being inundated to those things. Um, and yes, so that's why yes, she, she was. Just, it was just like the straw that broke the camel's back. She's so, like, really? Exactly. And the key is that she didn't, when she said, oh, great, another mansplainer telling me how to, like someone mansplaining me how to do my job. Um, she, she didn't, she didn't, she wasn't like, oh, you're an asshole. She was just like, oh, great. Another person tell, I'm being mansplained about my job. I know how to do my oh, job. Yeah. Don't tell me about those things. Um, so mm. she, even though, even though she did sort of explode on the person, she sort of exploded on the idea of maybe I know how to do my job and no one can tell me what, what that is, who isn't doing it. Um, so even her reply wasn't super aggressive. So the fact that she got fired for saying, the horrible thing of I said a thing about my job someone said maybe your job is about this and I said I don't think you get to tell me what my job is about in slightly more aggressive ways was enough to get her fired is insane S slightly yeah mm. yeah yeah I think you know we can almost kind of conclude the conversation by saying what a bunch of shit yeah, but 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 develop software development and especially games definitely doesn't need unionization or some sort of employment standards. Oh clearly, no, not at all. Clearly, it's all working. Not at fine. all. Oh, it's all it's all working exactly as it should be for individuals, as and when they encounter things that they may have issue with. There's no need for any kind of body to look over these things or you know actually think about stuff like this. Obviously, obviously. Uh, how do you even conclude this kind of conversation? Uh, it's the general. We, I mean, we've been here before. Stop being a fucking dick. Yeah. Don't be a fucking dick online. What's the fucking point? You might get someone fired. Well, but see, that's. But really, how does that affect your life? It doesn't in any way whatsoever. How does that affect that other person's life? Ruined. Massively. Yeah. You colossal cunt. Um, so, Not just that, but um, oh. everyone has sisters and daughters, right? Oh, but so... Yes. I, I, I mean, I, I, I hate to... I kind of want them to be treated with respect. Yeah, right? I mean, I I agree... Oh, wait for Kim to get the earpiece. I agree with what you're saying. I have a real problem with the sisters and daughters um, argument because it shouldn't be the case that you need to have a relation of the opposite sex to understand why that's a bad thing. It, you should understand innately that people of the opposite gender are just people and we should have sympathy yeah, and empathy. Right. So I totally agree. You, you, you shouldn't be a dick and other people exist, but also you should, like, if you happen not to have a sister or a daughter, you should still also realize that that female person across mm. the way is a person just like you, and we shouldn't persecute mm. them that way. And I don't nitpicking, and I don't mean to pick on you. It just you hear that yeah, from yeah, a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, I get your point. I just it's just when I think about it, like when it, when these sorts of situations arise, the first thing I think about is my daughter. Mm. And I think, Christ, like you know, she's got you know, I don't know what she's going to end up doing, and 
you know, the thought of her getting into a situation where she's going to be, you know, like, I don't know, I don't know what the word is, but... Given shit? Yeah, like, given crap. Mistreated? Because she's of, yeah, just because, just because of her gender, like, it's insane, absolutely insane, and you're right, everyone should realise that, um, but we all... <laughs> obviously in a society where people don't which is really 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 sad but I just wish people who do dish it out could like take a s- step back and be like hang about think, think of how anyone would, else you know. as an actual person how would I feel yeah, yeah. 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 empathy yeah <laughs> that says a lot yeah <laughs> spread the empathy man <laughs> should we finish there a cat hair in my mouth because I picked up a cat. No, uh, it's been so it's been so hot that yeah. Dorian is just he's a long haired cat, so he's just been shedding in overtime. Oh, lovely! So even like when I picked him up, it was just like oh, and now there's hair on my hands. Oh, um, Ben, last words on all of our topics. Oh, on all of our yeah. topics, on all of them. Oh shit. Um... Don't be a dickhead online. Mm-hmm. Respect other people. Have empathy. Have have empathy. Yes, uh, but Everyone's also, but also, if you see people getting shit online, don't feel that you can't step in. Yeah, that's a very good point. So, uh, so the other fellow that got fired from ArenaNet jumped in to the defense of his colleague. And got fired for it. Basically, essentially said, "Hey, please, please, like, don't, don't give shit to my colleague." Uh, you know, we're, we're. It was the Fourth of July weekend. In fact, that this happened. We we're on holiday. She shared some information. She didn't solicit any kind of responses from anyone. She didn't say, "Hey, what do you think about this?" Or, "How do you feel that we should be able to do this?" That don't feel that you shouldn't respond. Or back up your friend who's getting shit. Even if you might get fired. In in fear, in fear of repercussion. You know, back your friends up. Uh, call people out on their shit as well. Oh, but also, just 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 be fucking a good person. Um, I will loop back to our very first topic and also say, don't make shit out of things that aren't shit. Yeah, okay, so, that's fair. For well, example, yeah. a. Fancy label that has cartoon berries yeah. on it isn't endangering children. Also, someone saying to someone, hey, don't tell me how to do my job, is also fine. They're allowed saying yep. that. And so making a so. mountain out of that molehill is also wrong. Don't make issues out of things that aren't actual issues. There's enough fucked up shit going on in the world that we can just deal with those. Yes, um, very much. Cool, cool. Um, let's Beer. do beers really quickly because I'm I'm dying for a wee. Um, really? Not a wee. You? Beers. Oh, stop extending the conversation. Oh, don't out of the beers that you had, which was which was the favourite? Ooh, let me re- think long and hard about them. I'm actually gonna say, um, and it might just because I'm three beers in. I, I, I'm actually gonna say the Moxie Spring Sour. Okay. So the frambuzi was not beer. Um, yep. I mean, I, that was clear in the start. I was actually expecting a little more from the Gypsy Hill Electric Bear collab on the character sure. assassination. It was kind of, I mean, it was good. 
uh, it was a reasonable light IPA, New England IPA, if you will. Um, and by light, I don't mean an ABV. I just mean like it wasn't an in-your-face. But there, I was expecting a little more depth to the tastes, um, and mm-hmm. it just didn't quite get there. Um, yeah, it would... Honestly, no. The more, the most I recall is that a bit of that sort of foresty finish, um, but that wasn't huge a huge part of the taste, and the rest was just sort of like, yeah, New England IPA. While the spring sour sort of was, especially after sort of a strong tasting beer like the New England IPA, had things going on. It was a sour that was understated. Um, there was some nuance. The fruits were there, but you kind of had to look for them, which is kind of how I like fruitier beers, especially in the sour realm where there's enough sort of non-standard beer taste going on that I'm like, I don't need extra fruits jumping in. Um, so yeah, yeah like it yeah. clearly was a kettle sour, did that well, and there was that hint of peachy apricot taste that they had added um, right at the end, so the finish was just a little longer, but again... I didn't really notice what that finish was until I sought it out, which I really like about sort of I like an under I like a clear but understated fruitiness and yeah, it's just mm. um I thought I would like crank through it, but the finish was actually quite a bit longer than I thought, plus I got on a rant. Um so of the <laughs> yeah. like tall boy, I still have uh, about a third of it a left. A little bit left. Um, sure. Maybe maybe a quarter. Um, which I wasn't expecting after this much time. Um, and I think that's because the taste lingered. So when I was ranting, I didn't feel like I needed to quench. If I wasn't ranting, I'd probably be done. But given, like, it wasn't like um, the Frambuzi where there was, like, so little finish that I would have finished yep. it by now just for for taste purposes. So, yeah, I think cool. I think it's the Gypsy Hill Moxie Spring Sour. How about yourself? Uh, so for me... It's the Northern Powerhouse number six, which was the first beer that I had, which was from Wylam and Hawkshead. Uh, the other two kind of... I mean, the, the the number four from the Northern Powerhouse kind of didn't step up really. A little bit too floral. It wasn't quite a beer. The Deuce Box was nice. A lot of citrus going on. But again, not a huge beer flavour to it. The Double Dry Hopped Pale Ale, however, the number six in the Northern Powerhouse series, from my from the the, the first taste it was so so good. Uh, it gave me a lot. It gave me that piney nature. It had a little bit of sweetness to it, a little bit of biscuitiness, slightly fruity. Just just was a fantastic beer uh, over the other two. Started started very much on a high this week, but yeah, um, you know, hopefully that's not the the standout for the for the box as I've got the other six to um, to finish. But uh, it's, it's, that was just very good, so easy to drink. Uh, only five percent, so you know, one of those beers that you can just chug and chug and chug and chug and chug. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, that's our beers. That's our thoughts on lots of different topics this evening and some of the games we've been playing. Adol, if people want to play games with you, if they want to talk to you about, you know, whatever they Stuff wish for, how do they do so? Yeah. Um, I, ooh, what's my handle? I'm at the Omniarch on all oh, yes. of the things except Twitch, where I'm the underscore Omniarch, which, because of Prime Day, I have a bunch of fucking free games 
that I'll probably never play on that, which I say <gasps> mostly as a communication to Ben, who may or may not have my Twitch password, so he has access to set games. Hooray! <laughs> um, um, yeah, uh, um, Twitter, Instagram, that's it. Oh, Steam and all the things. Some stuff. Uh, I some don't really have an Xbox plugged in, so you could do that. Um, if you message me on one of the platforms like twitter and steam um uh, i can give you my switch code which is sw blah 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 blah. Um, uh, i'd be happy to play games with people because i'm starting to play games again i'll also think i might uh, i'm debating because warframe had a really cool trailer with like multi people <laughs> um manning ships and i have some headway in that game on the pc um but i know it's coming out on switch and uh might wait for that just because it's a new community, but I actually feel like I think it's that same Destiny itch that it collaborates, but with less of the frustration. Yeah. Um. But of course, it's not cross-platform, so I, I may wait until the Switch version comes out because it'll also be free. And there is something about playing that type of game on a new platform where everyone's new versus like, oh, it's many years old, and I played a little bit. For a few months, then like two years ago, so my progress is not at the very beginning and in like in the middle of a dead zone of like no one plays. Um, yes, uh, so that's me. Uh, you can reach Ben at Nova underscore forty seven on Twitter, on PlayStation, on Steam. Uh, you can get all of us at Tanked Up underscore Cast on Twitter or TankedUpCast at Gmail dot com if you want to send us. Some extended thoughts, longer than 280 character uh, rant, possibly, if you want to. Uh, You can also go to outlives.net and look at other articles, other podcasts, and a lot of the other stuff that we're doing. Also go to our YouTube page. We've got the Out of Lives podcast up and running again. It's on YouTube. It's also on the Out of Lives podcast feed on your podcast service of choice. So... Go there, listen to the thoughts that we have and the things that we have to say. You look like you want to say something and interject, Adam. Yeah, I just wanted to say, I, I forgot to do this before, but... Um, plug, plug, plug. We have a brand new podcast on the Outer Lives Network. It is called This Next Act, and it is a live comedy... Comedy? Comedy podcast. The comedy podcast. Shit, I've been drinking. Um, it is a live comedy podcast uh, ba- based on a fortnightly uh, open mic night here at Open Mic-ish Night uh, in Bristol at the Valindra. Um, it's basically um, new material by, and new comics. So it's a nice raw feel of, it, of a comedy night. And if you've never had the opportunity or not around live comedy, this is a great way of sort of hearing... Um, an entire night's worth of sets where, you know, you'll have some jokes work, some jokes don't. You'll hear the MCs. It's not the polished stuff you have on Netflix, right, where every joke has been mm. methodically Edited. trained to, like, yep. like they've been workshopped to the point where they all have some degree of laugh. Um, and But also, um, it's really, you know, there's been really great comics. And, and we, episode two had someone who, had never done it before, and she fucking killed. I couldn't believe she'd never done mm. stand-up before because it was such mm. a well-thought-out, um, well-workshopped set. Um, so, yeah, it's really great. And, um, yeah, this next act, and you can find it on all of your podcasting systems. 
or at outoflice.net. Nice, nice. Um, finally, quick shout out to um, Callum. Happy birthday. And even more so to Nico. Uh, Tags Up listeners will know him better as Bob Thron. Which I'm so sad I missed uh, that I, I was he, in Bangkok. He appeared. Yeah. He came with his partner to Bristol. And we had a very excellent afternoon down in Small Bar. So thank you, Bob Thron, for uh, entertaining me for an afternoon. Very much so. Um, and if anyone else is around in Bristol, let us know. Come and have a beer with us. Yeah. We're more than happy to come down for an afternoon and have a chat and hang out. The first of our community meetups. Yeah, it'd be great. Done. <laughs> now that's it with Bob Thron. That was it. We've we've done our community meetups for the year. So. Well, I'm producing a podcast fortnightly at the Valendra on Wednesday nights. So feel free to drop by there too. Yeah, just appear. Yeah, I mean, like, I will be able to chat. I literally will be wearing headphones and be stuffed in a corner trying to get the levels right for the varying um, degrees of mic control of the comedians. Trying, <laughs> yes, I, it's it's interesting because you want to capture as much of the ambient audio to get the laughter as possible but you don't want the uh, comedian to peak and that yep. changes per comedian so there's yep. it's like oh this is shit i'm I, i'm earning my keep as a producer the joys of production yeah. sir. yes that's why i yes. don't produce this anymore oh no wait that's just because i'm a lazy fuck who can get shit things done Hooray. on time thanks ben that's okay for another week We've been tanked up. Bye. Now. Bye.